Acts chapter 19 today. Acts chapter 19. Two things I hope that you would always um, find true here at Monclova Road Baptist Church when you come. If you are a member or one that attends and you've been here years, I hope you would say this is true. If you're a guest with us, I hope that you would find this to be the truth. Each time you come, we want to worship the Lord. We, we lift our voices up and we, we sing. And then we always go to the Word of God. And I pray that every message that you ever hear preached, whether it's myself, a guest, one of our staff that may preach, is a biblical message from the Word of God. We don't need man's opinions. We need what God has to say. We, we need the Word of God. We need to come. This is why church is so important. Come to gather fellowship, be encouraged one with another, but come to hear a message from the Word of God. The second thing that uh, I hope that you would always find is this, an invitation to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Now, last week, I have to admit, last week, I got so caught up in the message and, and uh, the air conditioning we had under the tent that uh, um, I, uh, I failed to give an invitation to Ask those that are here, if you want to trust Christ as your Savior, that you can do that. I would never want someone to come to our church and leave not knowing how to be saved. And so uh, forgive me for that. We won't make that mistake this week. But if you are here today and you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, I hope that today you'll listen closely to this message. We're going to talk about the Spirit of God today, the Holy Spirit. I know just several weeks ago, and uh, during our, our COVID online, we had a message about the Word of God, uh, the Holy Spirit from the Word of God. And, and one of the things I enjoy preaching through a book is we just, whatever the Word of God says, that's what we preach on that week. And, and so we come to chapter number 19, and, and guess what is talked about here in chapter number 19? The Holy Spirit, or the Holy Ghost, by, uh, Paul says. In verse number one, it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. So Paul leaves. Uh, remember last week we saw with Apollos. Apollos, here's the gospel, uh, uh, is saved, but begins to preach. And, and what he's preaching isn't necessarily all of the truth. And he wasn't preaching anything false. He just uh, uh, was limited in his understanding. And so we talked about investing, investing in the lives of others. And we saw where Paul spent the time investing in the life of Aquila and Priscilla. And then Aquila and Priscilla find themselves investing themselves in the life of Apollos. And, and Apollos now understands and is growing. And God is going to use him in a, in a great way. Look at verse number 28 for he mightily convinced the Jews and that publicly showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. And so the time, the investment that Paul had in Aquila and Priscilla and that they had in Apollos, it was beneficial to the, to the gospel message. Now, Apollos is going on and he's going to preach and, and Paul is, is moving on in his missionary journey here, the second missionary journey, and he comes to Ephesus. And when he comes to Ephesus, he finds disciples. He said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, listen what they, their answer is, we have not so much as heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. And what are they saying to Paul? We have no idea what you're talking about. 
They're disciples, but of who? The Bible tells us, ye have seen them, ye have received the Holy Ghost since you believed. And they, their answer was, we don't know who this Holy Ghost is. In verse number three, and he said unto them, Paul, unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. And so the, uh, 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 John the Baptist, is he's preaching. Remember, he was the forerunner of Christ. He was preaching, repent, repent, be baptized. And, and the Messiah is coming and, and get right. And, and, and uh, they, they heard that message and they were baptized. They repented of their sin and, and they were baptized. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus in verse number five. When Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about 12. And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when diverse and hardened and, uh, and believed not, but spake evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of Tyrannus. And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and in Greek. And so Paul is teaching, and the Bible says he did this for two years. He stays there in so much to the, to the place where all of Asia heard about Jesus Christ. What a, what a wonderful, wonderful testimony this is of Paul. Remember just a few weeks ago, we looked and Paul discouraged. He finds himself at Corinth. He finds himself alone, but Paul continues in, in uh, uh, teaching and he, and he continues and he's steadfast and in investing in others for the gospel's sake. He finds these here that uh, uh, are, are disciples of John. They, they understood the message of repentance. They understood that uh, uh, they needed to look to the Messiah, but they hadn't heard the message that Jesus said. I want to remind you here in John 14, 16, Jesus said this, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that, ye shall abide, but that he shall abide with you forever. These are words of Jesus. So obviously there was a time where these disciples of John, they weren't there hearing what Jesus taught. Maybe they went back to their home at Ephesus or went back to their place there in Asia. But for some reason, we aren't sure why, they heard John the Baptist preach. They were baptized, repenting of their sin, but they hadn't heard Jesus himself speak. Because Jesus so often spoke of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 14, 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, when the Father shall send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Jesus goes on in John 15, 26, says this, but when the comforter is come, who's the comforter? The Holy Ghost. When I, uh, when I send him unto you from the Father, even the spirit of truth, which proceedeth of the Father, he shall what? Testify of me. Jesus is saying this. Jesus says this in John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. 
it is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the comforter which uh, will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. Much of what we know of the Holy Spirit, it was taught by Jesus. I'm just giving you some glimpses of these chapters where he speaks of the Holy Ghost. But if you were to go back and study these verses that surrounds this, you would find what he's saying in his teaching. We would call that the doctrine of the Holy Ghost. Matter of fact, in churches many a times, the, the Holy Spirit is either overemphasized in churches or is underemphasized, I believe. Much of the time, we don't speak of the Holy Ghost. Many a times, though, in some churches, all they do is, is speak of the Holy Ghost, but the Bible says this, that the Holy Ghost is there to testify of Jesus Christ. Anytime the Holy Ghost is at work, he's always, always convicting, he's always pointing man to Jesus Christ, never to himself. In Acts 1.8, we find that Jesus has, has uh, ascended into heaven. The disciples now are there in Jerusalem. Remember, I just read Jesus said to, of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to go, and he is going to come unto you. And, and, and when he does, there's great works are going to happen. And we find in Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And that be began our study here in the book of Acts. And from that point forward, we come to Acts chapter number two, when the spirit of God comes upon uh, those uh, apostles and Peter begins to preach that day of Pentecost. And, and those that were there heard the gospel and, and 3,000 souls were saved. And, and, and the Holy Spirit of God was introduced there at that time. And all through now, the book of Acts, we're finding the spirit of God working. Remember, every, about every chapter we've preached through, we find something the Holy Spirit of God is doing. He's convicting those that need to be saved. He's giving strength and encouragement to those that uh, are weary. He's, he's guiding Paul along his journey. The Holy Spirit of God is at work in the uh, book of Acts. The Holy, the Holy Spirit of God is at work in Paul's life. In Listen to Me Church, the Spirit of God wants to be at work and ought to be at work in our lives as well. I would say this, in 2020, what we as Bible-believing Christians need more of is reliance on the Spirit of God. We have our opinions on things, and we have our desires on things, and we have our say in things, and, and I think that we need to be more yielded to the Spirit of God. There's a difference between religion and salvation. Would you agree with that? You see, there are many religions, I hear people say to me often, I'll share the gospel, and they'll say, well, with all the different religions in the world, how do you know which one's right? And I say this, none of them are. Only Jesus is. If you're putting your faith in a religion, you're not going to find truth. The only way to find truth is to be under conviction and be led by the Spirit of God. Many people are moral. There's a lot of moral people. There's a lot of people that, that live trying to fulfill a set of rules. But oh, listen to me today, that won't get you to heaven. Being a moral person is a good thing, but being a moral person isn't the answer for eternal life. 
But Jesus came, the Bible says, to save sinners in the evidence of a person's salvation is the Holy Spirit of God. If you're here today and you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Spirit of God lives inside of you. It doesn't matter if you're a child or it doesn't matter if you're the oldest person here under this tent or outside of the tent. If you're saved, the Spirit of God dwells inside of you. The only way for you to have the Spirit of God dwelling inside of you is not to be a good person, is not to put your faith in religion. The only way for the Spirit of God to dwell inside of you is that you have confessed your sin, you have trusted in the finished work of the gospel that's to death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when you receive that free gift of salvation by faith, the Bible tells us the Spirit of God takes up residence inside of you. And that's the difference between religion and salvation. Listen to me, being a Baptist won't make you saved. Being a member of this church won't make you saved. Teaching a Sunday school class or singing won't make you saved. Being the, the greatest church member won't save you. Keeping the Ten Commandments won't save you. The only thing that'll save a person is their faith in Jesus Christ. And evidence of that is when a person does this, the Spirit of God dwells inside of them. The Holy Spirit of God takes up residence inside of you. And Jesus, he prepares his disciples. He speaks much of the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. You'll hear that throughout the New Testament. You might find the Holy Ghost. You might find the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God. That's the third person of Trinity, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, that's Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus is comforting them. As Jesus is, is healing the lame, I, I, as Jesus is there upon the earth, think about all the things that Jesus is doing. Think about what's happening there during the time uh, of, of Jesus. Rome is occupying Jerusalem. The, the, there's no freedom there. People are being crucified. The Roman soldiers can come in and, and take whatever they want to take. The Jews there that living in Jerusalem, they're living in oppression. Jesus comes and, and, and there's famine and there's, there's great sickness. And Jesus comes and, and while he's doing his earthly ministry, those that need to be healed, he heals the lame. He causes the blind to see. He performs miracles. He's teaching them. He's guiding them. He's feeding them spiritually and physically. He's speaking truth. When Jesus speaks, they listen. Jesus, even as a young age, is there in a synagogue. Remember when his parents leave and, and think that he's with them. He stayed back and he said, I'm about my father's business. And he's teaching what, what the, uh, the truths of the scripture in the synagogue. And they say to, of this, this man, Jesus, this young boy, Jesus, wow, the things that he knows, it's amazing. He's teaching people the truth of the scripture. He's calming the storms. Remember, he's on the boat when the disciples, their life is a mess. They're in that storm. They think they're going to die. And Jesus stands up and he simply says, peace be still. He's doing the same thing in your storms today. This is what Jesus was doing there on earth. 
But Jesus didn't come to stay. Jesus came to be a sacrifice for our sins. Jesus came to go to the cross. You remember the disciples thought he was going to come and and the Jews wanted the Messiah to come and and set up his kingdom and and free them from Roman occupation and and become their king. But Jesus didn't come to do that. Jesus came to be the, the, the lamb going to slaughter. Jesus came to be the payment of sin. Jesus came to go to the cross because the human race needed a Messiah. The humankind were sinners and and needed a savior. And Jesus came and he came to be their sacrifice for all mankind's sin. He came to forgive and to save. That's what Jesus came to do. But Jesus said this, I'm going to send a comforter. Listen to me today. The benefit of my salvation is the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God now dwells inside of me. And in, in the apostle Paul, he comes to these disciples here in chapter number 19 the first thing he asks is, have you received the Spirit of God? And, and they say, we don't even know what you're speaking of. And he then takes the time to teach them about the gospel and to teach them of Jesus. And they receive that Holy Spirit of God. I want to go back to these verses and please stay with me this morning. Maybe you're here today and you say, well, I'm already saved. And, and then I urge you this morning to understand if you are saved then our desire ought to be to be led by the spirit of God if you do not know Jesus Christ as your savior this morning I pray that you would let the spirit of God convict you and show you the truth don't listen to necessarily my words but listen to what the word of God has to say today in, first, uh, uh, in John 14, 16, I want you to see this. First of all, Jesus says this. He calls it another comforter. He said he comes and he's going to abide with me forever. He's going to abide with you forever. You know what that means? Jesus isn't here. He's ascended back into heaven. Jesus, he's leaving his disciples They've given up their livelihoods. They've given up their jobs. They've given up some even their families. They've given up all that they know. They're following this man, Jesus Christ, and they're believing what he's teaching. They're they're believing what uh, uh, he's saying. They put their faith in him, and it's caused them a lot of problems. Now the the, the, uh, religious elite, the priests, the scribes, the Pharisees are wanting to kill them. The the Jews are wanting to to destroy them. They're wanting to stop this, this Christianity that Jesus has started. Their lives are in jeopardy and they are in hiding for times. They're scattered. But listen to me. Jesus said, I'm going to send someone and he is going to abide with you forever. You know what Jesus was saying? I physically am not going to be here. I'm going to ascend. But the spirit of God is never going to leave you. Listen to me. That ought to encourage us here today. Because I I don't know about you, but it just seems like every week the world gets even crazier. It it seems that the world gets even more hectic and, 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 and it seems like right what used to be right is, is now wrong, and what used to be wrong is now right. And if you don't believe that, there's something wrong with you. Yesterday I was spent the day at home. Yesterday was my birthday. Today is Father's Day. And so I told my family, I said, I get to do whatever I want this weekend. And my wife and kids set me straight. They said, no, dad, that's not true. You'll do what we want you to do this weekend. 
I said, as long as it involves gifts, I don't care. But just relaxing, and I was watching some, some news, and I told myself I'm not going to watch the news anymore, and I find myself going back. I, I'm, a, I'm a news junkie, I must admit. And boy, I'll tell you, as we see the things unfolding in our world, as I look at my children, I remember even saying yesterday to myself, boy, I don't know what kind of world they're going to live in when they get older. I don't even know. Oh, it, it came up about marriage. And so my kids were asking, my wife, we were sitting outside eating dinner last night, and they were asking about uh, when she got married and how old she was when she had Jacob. And, and, um, um, and I said to my girls, don't you ever think about it, you know. <laughs> You can get married when you're 35 and he can live at his home and you can live in my basement and that'll be just fine. But I thought to myself, what kind of world is it going to be that they raise their kids in? And if we're not careful, listen to me, if we're not careful, we can get anxious with that thought. If we're not careful, we can get a little bit disturbed. We can get excited. We can get uh, downhearted or we can get discouraged and we can think to ourselves, this is going to be difficult. But I want to assure you this, that for the last 2,000 years, the promise that Jesus said, I'm going to send my comforter. He's going to abide with you forever. He's still abiding with you, Christian. Listen to me, I don't care how bad this world gets. The spirit of God still lives inside of you. He's still abiding in you. He's still directing you. He's still comforting you. He's still giving you truth. Listen to me, I don't care what the world does. We still have truth. We still have the comforter. The spirit of God lives inside of us. And so we don't have to fear because the truth lives in us. He's always there. He's not just there when things are good, on your worst day, on the day you're most discouraged, on the day that you feel defeated, on the day that you feel overwhelmed, on the day that you think you can't make it. I want you to know that inside of you dwells the Spirit of God, and He's there not because of who you are. He's there because of who He is. He's there because it's a promise by Jesus Christ that He is going to abide in you forever. You see, I might not see Jesus, but upon salvation, he gives me the Holy Spirit and he's with me always. And oh, listen to me, church. I wanna encourage you today. He's abiding, he's dwelling with you. He has settled in, he's taken up residence. The spirit of God, the same spirit of God that was there at creation, the same spirit of God that, that uh, uh, gave Paul power, the same spirit of God that is there that Jesus promised to comfort. He is the spirit that lives inside of you. Secondly, I want you to see in John 14, 26. John 14, 26, Jesus said, this is the spirit. He shall teach you all things. The evidence of my salvation is the Holy Spirit. I don't have to go through life wondering and making my own decisions. I don't have to go through life circumstances alone. How many of you here, you've ever had decisions that you have had to make? Anybody? Am I the only one? Or are you all sleeping? You're hot. Huh? How many of you, ha you have decisions you've had to make? I'll raise both my hands. I feel like every day I have decisions I have to make. 
How, how many of you have ever had a decision that you have to make and you weren't sure what the answer was? Yeah, now, now you raise your hand. Yeah, that's me. That's all of us. And, 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 and what can we do? We can flip a coin, heads or tails. I want to ask you how many of you make decisions that way. We, we can look at the, uh, someone else's set of circumstances. We, we, can, we can guess, we can wonder, we can look at, weigh the odds out, pros and cons, or we can realize this, that Jesus said the Spirit of God is there and he is going to teach you all things, everything that you as a Christian need to know to live your life, to live your life pleasing the Lord, to have comfort, to have joy, to have peace. The Spirit of God is there to teach you. Listen, there's a lot of things in life I just don't know. And this isn't something that life experience is going to teach you. This isn't something that, that uh, making mistakes and learning from your mistakes is going to teach you. What he's speaking about is the Spirit of God who makes no mistakes, the Spirit of God that only points you to truth, the Spirit of God that, that dwells inside of us. He is going to teach us all things. I can know how to live. I can know what to do. Listen to me, as we look at this world and look at the situations of this world and look at the downward spiral it seems like this world is going to and we're trying to raise Christian families and we're trying to, to, to have Christian strong marriages and we're trying to stay faithful. We're trying to be good dads and, and good moms and, and Christ honoring and we're just simply wanting to, to raise godly families and we're thinking to ourselves, it's getting difficult and more difficult. How do we do that? I wanna submit to you today depend upon the spirit of God that lives inside of you. He will teach you all things. That ought to encourage you today. If you're saved today, you don't have to navigate these storms by yourself. You don't have to go through these circumstances wondering, am I making the right decision? I can live for purpose. Maybe someone is here today and you're saying, I, I just don't know what the purpose for my life is. I don't know what my, my, the meaning of my life is. I, I'm trying to figure that out. Maybe you're a young person just graduating from high school or college and you're saying, boy, it just seems so complicated. I'm not sure what to do. I don't know what my purpose is. I want you to know that you have a purpose if you're a child of God because you have the spirit of God that lives inside of you and he will give you purpose Follow him, trust him, obey him, and let him teach you. Maybe you're here today and you say, I don't know if I have meaning. Maybe you're here today and you're discouraged saying, I don't know what my purpose is and, and why I'm even alive today. You, maybe you're thinking to yourself, it doesn't really matter. It, I, I have no impact on, on this world and, and I, no one cares about me and no one loves me. I want you to know this today, that Jesus Christ loves you and Jesus Christ gave his life for you and Jesus Christ wants to save you and Jesus Christ wants to give you a purpose and he has promised that he will give you his spirit to teach you because the Holy Spirit of God is there to teach me all things. Hear me, Christian, today, you have purpose. How do I find it? Reliance on the Spirit of God that's there to teach us. Thirdly, John 15, 26, the Bible says this of the Spirit of God, he shall testify of me. Listen, the Holy Spirit of God always directs you to Christ. 
He always directs you to Jesus. He always directs you to the word of God. Remember, the Bible says this in John 1, 1, in the beginning was what? The word, the word was with God. The word was God. The word is Jesus Christ. You wanna know what Jesus Christ feels. You wanna know what Jesus Christ has to say. You wanna know how to get close to Christ. His word is there for us. The Bible is not just some book written by man. The Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible is God's word for us. It's how the Christian ought to live. It's the only living book. It's a and it's the way God speaks to us. The Spirit of God always points us back to the Word of God. A person that's filled with the Spirit ought to have a hunger for the Word of God. Oh, hear me today, Christian. If you are saved, you ought to have a hunger to be in the Word of God. The Holy Spirit of God will give you that hunger for truth. The Holy Spirit of God testifies of Jesus Christ. And how do we find Jesus? How do we find what he desires for us? We find it in the Word of God. Each one of us ought to have a hunger for the Word of God. I would challenge our church today as we are living in perilous times, as we're living in difficult days, as we're living in a world that seems like it's spiraling out of control. Christian, what we must do now more than ever before, we must get into the word of God. We must be, must be saturated by the word of God and let the spirit of God teach us and testify of Jesus Christ. This is what the spirit does. The Spirit doesn't bring attention to himself. Jesus said, the Spirit of God testifies of me. He brings you to an understanding of the word. He brought you to Jesus Christ through salvation, and he continues to point you to Jesus Christ as you grow in sanctification. I want you to see here as well in John 16, 7. Everybody with me? He said this, I'll send, you unto, uh, send him unto you. In John 16, 7, he promised to send the Spirit of God. You know what that means? Salvation isn't empty. It isn't done in the flesh. Salvation isn't by your power. It's not by your strength. It isn't by your feeling. A person saved isn't, well, I have my way to get to heaven. Or I'm doing it my way or doing it how I feel is right. You can be sincere and do it the way you want it done, but you'll be sincerely wrong if you don't do it the way the Bible. He said, I will send him unto you. You know, that means this. Again, we're not going to live this Christian life empty and hopeless. We don't have to live this Christian life wondering and, and curious and, and unsure of what the future holds. It's, it's by faith. It isn't by feeling. That's why the Bible says the just shall live by faith. It's reliance on the Holy Spirit of God. It's, it's not what we see, but believing in what we don't see. And, and I, I, it's a whole different message on faith, but I want you to see something here, Christian. The reason why the Christian can live by faith is because the Spirit of God that lives in inside of us is the one directing us in testifying of Jesus Christ. And we can believe what he's saying. We can believe what he's teaching. We can believe how he's uh, leading us because the spirit of God is there by Jesus Christ himself. In Acts 1.8, look with me, number five, Acts number 1.8, uh, the Bible says, ye shall be witnesses. Now please stay with me. I'm bringing this together here. Paul is asking them, do you know the Spirit of God? And here they say, we don't even know what you speak of. 
I believe this, so many Christians, they might have heard of the Spirit of God. If they're truly saved, they have the Spirit of God working inside of them, but they're not living yielded to the Spirit of God. And that's why so many Christians are living unfulfilled lives because they're chasing their dreams. They're using their life experiences or their opinions to make decisions. They're, they're basing their decisions on how does this make me feel? They're, they're, they're basing their decisions on their wants and their desires. And they're not being led by the Spirit. The Spirit of God teaches you to be a vessel to be used of Christ. Acts 1.8, the Bible says this, ye shall be witnesses. The greatest responsibility of a Christian is to testify of what Jesus Christ has done for you. You see, a Christian that is yielded to the Spirit of God allows the Spirit of God to teach, allows the Spirit of God to direct him, allows the Spirit of God to, to reveal and point him to Christ. And a Christian that is yielded to the Spirit of God, that's allowing the Spirit of God to lead him, is a vessel used to tell others of Jesus Christ. You see, I know there's some that say, you know, I just don't have that type of personality. Well, you're depending upon your own personality then. This is the truth. I, um, I was that kid in school when it was time to give an oral book report. I wanted to faint. That's the truth. I say that, my, my kids will say, yeah, you're right, Dad. No, it's the truth. Anytime I get up to preach, anytime I get up, I tell you, it takes, it takes, it, it goes against my nature. Doing what I'm doing right now, trust me, it's not me. I, I was the one that was, would pray, Lord, just, just if you come right now before I have to get up to speak, I'd be okay with that. Just save the loss before you do, and I'll be okay with that. Whenever I have to get up in front of someone and speak, I'll tell you, I, I, it's just, I, the truth is I'm very much of an introvert. I, I don't like to, to come in and, and, and be the life of a party and put myself out there. And being a witness is not something that we do in our own flesh, we do by our own personality. The Bible says you're going to be a witness because you're going to be filled with the Spirit of God. The greatest responsibility of a Christian is to testify of what Jesus Christ has done. Listen to me, we are watching our world go berserk. And what we need is Christians that will stand and testify of Jesus Christ. We have the answer to what mankind needs. We have the answer to the, the, the need of the human race. And listen to me, they're trying to find it in government. They're trying to find it in their own logic. They're trying to find it in their own reasoning. And you know what? It's all going to fail. Mankind, since mankind has existed as trying to find truth in themselves, that's why the devil says to Eve, oh, listen to me, don't, don't believe what God says. And since that fall of man, since that time, the devil has said to every generation, don't believe what God says. Don't fall for that. 
There's something more to your life if you're in control. There's something more to your life if you can have your way. There's something more to your life if you can be filled with material things. There's something more to your life if you can have everything the way you want it and and, and feel fulfilled. But oh, listen to me, Christian, the only way that you'll feel fulfilled is to have your sins forgiven, to have Jesus Christ as your Savior, to have the Spirit of God dwelling inside of you. And that is the answer for the human race. And who is going to tell them if those that know the truth doesn't tell? Why is Paul on this second missionary journey? Because on the road to Damascus, he found Christ. He was filled with the Spirit of God. And he now is a witness testifying who Jesus Christ is. And I'm done with this. And everyone said amen. (laughs) Please, everyone hear me on this, please. In John 14, 15, and 16, uh, Jesus is speaking much of the Holy Spirit. And he ends John 16, 33 with this verse. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. That in me you might have peace. The world is screaming for peace today. You know what? They can't find it. Jesus spends all this time teaching his disciples about the Spirit of God. He closes John 16, in verse number 33. These things I have spoken unto you. I say all this to you that in me ye might have peace. Because this, he doesn't end there. He says, in the world ye shall have tribulations. But he is, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I'll tell you, today, I, I, if you're saved today, and you're discouraged today, I remind you that in me you might have peace. In the world you're gonna have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Oh, listen to me. As a Christian, we look at this world and we say, it's a mess. There's great tribulation. Tribulation, there's great tragedy, there's great problems. But he says, Christian, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Oh, hear me, Christian, a child of God today, the Jesus that we have put our faith in, the Messiah, the Son of God that went to the cross, that shed his blood, that was the payment of your sin, that rose again on the third day. He says this, I've overcome the world. You might be in the world, but don't be of the world. Why? Because I have overcome that world. The world is full of tribulation. The world is full of problems, but we don't have to get discouraged. We don't have to get long faced. We don't have to walk around saying, you know what? Life is over. It's just, we're just going to live our life. And, and guess what? We've got heaven to look for. Oh, he says right here, you can be of good cheer even before heaven because Jesus has already conquered this world. In him is peace. Oh, listen to me. We're looking for peace in everything outside of Christ. And we're going to come up empty every time. But in me, he says, ye might have peace. If you are here and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you'll only have peace in Christ. In this spirit that he speaks of all throughout John, in this spirit that Paul is teaching the disciples of John, when they said, we don't know this spirit, 
Paul then instruction, instructs them and tells them. And I'm sure that Paul goes back and he's using exactly what we looked at today. Well, this is what Jesus said. This is who Jesus says the Spirit is. This is what Jesus said the Spirit does. This is what you can depend upon. This is what you can rely upon. You know what their, their answer was? We want him. We'll take him. And hear me today, your answer to your problem is Christ. He gives you the spirit of God once you accept that free gift of salvation and that spirit of God dwells inside of you forever, teaching you, instructing you, pointing you to Jesus Christ and giving you the strength and the courage you need to tell the world who Jesus Christ is. And Jesus says, all these things I speak to you, I do it so that you have peace in me. You know, Christian, we can leave here today full of peace. How many of you would like that? <laughs> Hear me, you can have peace in your home. How many of you would like that? Don't raise your hands, you get in trouble. How many of you like peace in your marriage? How many of you love peace at work? How many of you would love peace in your home and peace in your neighborhood and peace in your church and, 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 and peace in every aspect of your life? He said, you can have it in me. Oh, there's tribulation all around, but I've overcome it. We can have peace, Christian, if we allow the Spirit of God to direct us and guide us and if we'd be yielded to him. If you're here and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and you're searching for peace, you will find it only in the person of Jesus Christ. Could I, for one moment, just have your heads bowed and eyes closed? I told you in the beginning of the service two things I hope that you'll ever find. You'll find always when you come here. Number one, a message on, from the Word of God. And number two, an opportunity to respond to that message. I wonder who's here today and you say, I need peace. I need to be yielded to that spirit. I'm saved, I know I'm saved, but I'm not letting the spirit of God teach me and guide me and direct me. I'm not letting the spirit of God comfort me. I'm, I'm taking circumstances into my own hands. I'm taking situations into my own hands and I, I need that peace. I need the peace as a, as a husband, as a wife, as a mother, as a father, as a child, as a, as a, uh, a student, as an employee, as an employer. I need peace. My life is in turmoil. Jesus says, I've come and I've overcome that. Find peace in me. And I would say this, submit this to you today. You'll never find it unless you're yielded to the spirit of God who wants to direct your life as a child of God. Maybe you're here today and you say, that's, that's me. I need to be yielded to the spirit. I need to trust him. I need to... Let him guide me. Then would you respond right in your seat, right where you're at? Would you just right now say, Spirit of God, I, I want to be yielded to truth. There's turmoil in my life. There's turmoil in my thoughts. There's, there's turmoil inside of me. Right now, maybe you're sitting there and you're anxious and you're upset or you're discouraged. Maybe there's an issue in your home right now and, you, and, and there's, there's fighting and bickering and there's no peace. 
you won't find it by your spouse admitting they're wrong and you're right. You'll find it by you being submitted to the Spirit of God. Maybe you say, I dread going to work tomorrow. I, 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 have, I have issues with this person or my boss. Or maybe you're an employer and you say, I've got issues with my employees. And you say, if they would just see it my way. No, no. If you'll be yielded to the Spirit of God, He'll reveal truth to you. And Jesus said, in me, you'll find peace. You see, when a person is yielded to the Spirit, they can be in the world, but they won't be of the tribulation of the world because Jesus has overcome it. Right there at your seat, if you're a child of God, would you say, Lord, I want peace. Help me be surrendered to the Spirit of God. Help me be yielded to your spirit. Help me be yielded to truth. Help me be surrendered to your will, not mine. Christian, as you're just praying right now and you're speaking to the Lord, would you spend some moments just speaking to the Lord right now? Maybe you're here and you say, I need peace. I don't know Jesus Christ as my savior. I need to be saved today. Maybe you've tried religion, you've tried church, you've tried everything. You're here not by mistake. I believe you're here by God's divine purpose for your life. You're here to hear it testified that Jesus Christ is the son of God. That Jesus Christ came to this earth born of a virgin, lived a sinless, perfect life. He was placed on that cross. He shed his perfect blood as a payment for your sin. He was placed in the grave. And three days later, the Bible tells us this, that God raised him from the dead, conquering death. Your sin debt's been paid for. Will you accept that free gift? For the wages of sin is death, the Bible says, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This spirit of God that we speak about today, he will dwell inside of you. He'll never leave you. He'll teach you all things. He'll comfort you when you need comforted. He'll direct you in all ways. He'll, he'll be that light to your path. He'll, he'll, he'll point you to, to Christ. He'll give you the strength that you need to live. It's him that'll do that sanctification process, causing you to be more like Christ. But first, what you must do is receive accept that gift of salvation. I wonder if there's one here today. I want to pray with you if you would allow them. While Christian, you're praying, getting your heart right with the Lord. Maybe, maybe once you're right with the Lord, you need to be right with the person you're sitting next to and you're praying with that person now, letting the Spirit of God work, letting Him control you, letting Him guide you, letting him work in your life. Christian, while you're doing that, maybe there's one that would say, I need to trust Christ today. Would you pray for me? I want to pray with you. I don't want to embarrass you and I'm not going to come get you. I just want to pray. I, I, I want to know if there's someone like that here in this room.
they're under this tent or out from underneath the tent, if you just slip your hand up and say, I want you to pray with me. I need to be saved today. I need to trust Christ as my Savior. I want you to pray with me today. Is there anyone like that? Just slip your hand up and, and slip it back down. I won't embarrass you, I promise, but I do want to pray for you. I want to pray that you would trust Christ today. Is there one like that today? Anyone at all? Don't leave here today unless you are right with God. Christian, don't leave here today unless you're right with God. You want to fix those things in your marriage? Get right with God. You want to fix that and bring peace back into your life? Get right with God. And if you don't know God today, you'll only find him through his son. He said, no man comes unto the Father but by me. Jesus is the door. He's the only way. Father, would you, I pray, continue to work in each heart. Lord, I love what you're doing here in our church. I love how you're working in marriages and in homes. How you're bringing people to a place of peace. How your spirit is guiding and directing and leading where people are finding hope where at one point they were hopeless where you're restoring broken relationships and where you're giving hope and guidance to the one that's seeking it, where you're making broken hearts whole again. And we praise you for that. So Lord, I pray as we leave here this morning that we not leave here the same that we came. I pray that each of us would be yielded to the spirit in our life be committed to that peace that you said in me we'll find we thank you for Jesus I thank you for the cross and for the spirit of God that you give us so Lord I pray as we leave that you'd protect us that you would bring us back here Lord next week together as a church family celebrating what you've done for us and what you're going to do this week Lord, protect us, I pray, as we go into this world. Help us not to be overcome by it. Help us not to be influenced by it. Help us not to be drawn to it. But help us to stand boldly and testify of Jesus Christ. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Lord bless you. Thank you for being here today. Happy Father's Day. Dads, go and enjoy the wonderful reservations your families have for you. As you leave today, there's several uh, tables. If you'd like to give your offering, obviously we're not doing that uh, during a service. You can leave it in those buckets there. Also, many of you have asked for the daily bread. Because of COVID, they were late getting those out. But there's a whole table of the daily breads. They're devotional books. Maybe you don't use them, but uh, uh, you want to try. I encourage you, the table there by the rock, go through and take all of those daily breads as you leave and one of those fans, put that in your Bible or your pocketbook and bring it back next Sunday. All right, Lord bless you. You're dismissed. Have a wonderful day.